0: Welcome to Gardening Talk back on To When You Are at FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharper once again. Scott, great to see you. Great to see you. Stunning weekend, wasn't it? Beautiful weekend. Sort of weather to
1: make the plants grow. Exactly right. What we're after. Still need some more rain, though. We do, don't we? It's still very, very dry out there. Crying out for rain. Crying out for rain. <laughs> what do you got for us today, Scott? Well, I thought we'd talk about naked ladies.
2: What? They're this, out. Is, this
1: is Gardening Talk back, Scott. know. They're out at the moment. Okay. Yeah, so we can talk about them. Uh, we might also talk about boobiala. Right, I think there's a, is
0: there a theme for today? we're going to get there. And look, just to keep it nice and clean, we'll talk about Kentia Palms as well, how to look after them. And straight up today, we've got Ken from Wall's End, and he's got a question about his lemon tree. I haven't seen a a doggy jump from the box like Ken for a long time. He's doing very well. Very quick. Well, that's
3: good.
1: (laughs) How can
0: we help you, (laughs) Ken? Okay,
3: Scott. Uh, Yeah, Scott. Uh, My son planted in my backyard about two and a half years ago. It uh, fruits virtually 12 months of the year. Yeah but what I've noticed lately is uh, not much juice in them and they're going brown inside. Do right. I have to feed them with
1: anything? Yeah, look, uh, feeding them is going to be a, a good thing to do. Uh, safest way to do that is to go uh, to your local garden centre and get one of those specific citrus fruits. Yes. Uh, you can also use a product called Sudden Impact. It's actually made for roses, but it's excellent for citrus. Now oh, the, okay. Yeah, yep. now the other thing is if they're brown in the middle, have you noticed any worms or anything in there from fruit fly? No, I haven't. Okay, so you I've, think I've that, had
4: a good look but no.
1: Okay. Oh, that's that's good. Uh look, sometimes uh citrus can get uh yeah, the the fruit fly in them, so when the weevil gets in there it makes it go brown if anyone else is experiencing that, but look, I just think a decent feed and uh some watering's going to be the thing. Hopefully we'll get a slightly wetter uh summer next year and because that's played into it as well for you
0: Ken
4: right. Yeah. Okay, then, Scott, thank okay. you very much. Good Matt. on you. Okay, okay, a bye sprinter okay. as well.
0: we finished the race already. Exactly. In and out. In and out. That's the way Ken likes it. That's the good stuff. <laughs> We've got Helen now from World's End, and she's got a question about geraniums. Oh, a good plant for dry conditions. Helen, how can we help you?
2: Oh, hello, Scott. Um, Yeah, I've just been given some geranium cuttings off a friend. In fact, I only got them this morning. Now, I'm not ready to put them out yet because it's too damn hot. So, is it okay if I just sit them in water and maybe
1: they'll shoot? Yeah, look, they, they actually will shoot in water for you.
2: Yeah, I realise that. Yeah,
1: look, I, I, I wouldn't leave them in there for ever a, a day. Oh. Uh, but look, once, once they have shot, it is good to get them into uh, some sort of propagation mix because it's a little bit well-draining. You don't want geraniums in soggy, wet conditions for for a okay. long, long time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, look, as soon as they've shot, uh, it might have cooled down a little bit then for you as well and, uh, yeah, get them in that propagation mix and just water them as usual and off they'll go for you.
2: Yeah, well, I don't have much luck with geraniums, Scott. They tend to, they tend to turn up their toes for me and I just, out of desperation, I thought I'm going to try these again. There's different varieties, different colours, and they're just lovely. Uh, and i have only got to put them in pots anyway. I haven't got much garden, so I just put them in pots.
1: Well, where are you trying to grow them, in the full sun or the shade, Helen?
2: Well, I've I've tried both. I've tried them in a, in a, in a, sh- partly shady and then I've tried them in full sun and they just don't, they just give up the ghosts. I don't, know, I'm, I don't think I'm over- over-watering them and, and, um, yeah, and I've even elevated them up on bricks to get the air underneath them. Okay. Um, I heard that's a good way to do it, uh, one of the gardening shows and, yeah, but hers are absolutely magnificent. They're in the, in the pots, and they're out yeah. in the full sun, and they're just blooming their heads off.
1: How are you going with that potty mix? What sort of potty mix are you using? I get the
2: good one. Yeah. I get yeah. the um, uh, coat. I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is it Osvacote? Yeah,
1: look, there's a whole lot of different varieties and you know brands of potty mix, but make sure you do buy a half-decent potty mix. Uh, I don't... do. I
2: always do that, Scott. I always get the best ones, yeah. and, uh, and and I usually feed plants. I usually you know, give them nutrients and stuff, and most of my plants do well, but just geraniums, just they don't like me or whatever. But, yeah, and hers are absolutely stunning. And I thought, gosh, how do you do that? So and I'm going that's to that's give it another go. And I just thought, too hot to go out in the yard today, so I thought I'd leave them for maybe a week or two and then try again.
1: Yeah, that should be fine. Look, one more question for you, though. You, you haven't got a saucer of you know water underneath them, have you? No,
2: not at all. Okay.
1: Very good, very good, yeah, because if yeah. you were to do that, they just, they just get soggy and wet and not do very well.
2: Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that happen.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, look, good luck this time, Helen.
2: Okay, thanks, Scott. Bye. Our,
1: our fingers are crossed for Helen. Hopefully.
0: All, yes. I don't know three of mine or whatever I've got left after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, but touch wood, it's all right. We've got Stephen now from Curry Curry, and he's got a question about the bleeding heart. Ah. Stephen, how can we help you?
3: Yes, g'day, Scott. Um, it's great to get your call. Um, I have a bleeding heart, and my simple question
1: is, will they grow from a cutting? Yes, they will. So we're talking about Uh So it is a, a tropical vine, a, a really beautiful vine. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, now doing it at the moment is probably a good thing. They don't particularly like winter here in Newcastle, and they'll have a bit of a dieback. So if you can protect it uh, once you get it going uh, you know, during winter, that's probably a good thing to do. But yeah, most certainly they will grow from cutting. Oh, that's
3: great. Thank you. I've got it in some... Um some filtered shade at the moment so mm-hmm. it shouldn't get frost out here in curry when we start getting it again
1: yeah look that sounds like um, the perfect place for it uh go and grab some uh rooting powder uh yep. that's what we like to call it uh and yep. just dip it into that and then into a good propagation mix and all will be well uh,
0: that's great
1: mate thank you very much
0: okay good on you Stephen. okay mate. Bye, okay, bye, bye good luck with it mate cheers bye and we've got alex from ellie barner and they've got a question about cloporoxychloride yes we talk about it a lot how can we help you alex G'day, Scott. Long-time listener, first-time caller.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that chestnut. We love it. <laughs>
3: Mate, uh, me and my partner, we have a drinking game each week. Oh, yes. Uh, every time you mention copper oxychloride, yes. we have a drink.
1: Yes, thank you. Look, we don't do it for that reason, but it is a very good chemical to use. to keep Generally, fungus.
3: we have to have a nap after your segment. <laughs> uh, listen, I've got a serious question about it, but yep. um, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a mandarin tree with leaf pearl. Yes. Uh, originally, I thought it would, was leaf miner. Yes. So it started hitting white oil. Uh, thought they took control of it, but still got leaf, uh, still got leaf curl in it. So uh, after you've been mentioning it so often, I figured, hello, it may actually be a fungicide. Mm-hmm. And it may need a fungicide. So I've gone out and got copper oxychloride, but what I want to know is, How do you know to use the copper oxychloride as
1: opposed to the other fungicides that are also on the market? Yeah, look, there's also mancozeb out there as well, which you can use. And uh, look, they do uh, do a very similar job each. Uh, I guess sometimes you know fungal spores get used to uh, you know some fungicides, so it is good to interchange. Uh, Look, from my memory, uh, the the mancozeb plus you use more for blossom end rot and things in uh, mangoes. Uh, and, you know, other different funguses. But on the back of the packet, it will tell you what it will actually treat properly. Yeah, okay. As far as a leaf curl goes, though, that's usually not a fungal disease, mate. Uh, you can just have the leaf miner in there and it just goes and does the damage and the leaf just curls up. Or you could have thrips and things in there, uh, you know, sucking away. They do the damage overnight. You don't see it. Uh, you don't see them sort of hanging around and then the leaf curls because it's damaged during the, during the day.
3: So I would have thought
1: that the white oil would be taking care of that but uh, Look, white oil only forms a protective coating. Uh, yeah. If it does land on some insects, scale insects, uh, mealy bug, it can choke them out. Uh, uh-huh. But generally, it's just a preventative. It's actually just putting a coating over there ah, right. that the moth lands on and goes, oh, I don't really like yeah. this. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lay my eggs here.
3: So I'm going to have to look at using some sort of an insecticide
1: as well then. there. Uh, look, yes, you will at this time of year. The other thing we uh, actually um, recommend using quite a lot is called Eco Oil. Yep. Uh, so it is an oil-based product, again, which works as a preventative, but it seems to work a little bit better than uh, clear white oil. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks okay. for your answers. Uh, mate, well, we can say coproxychloride for for you a few more times if you'd like as well. Uh, just, you...
3: just keep, mate. Just keep mentioning it every <laughs> I don't know every three
1: minutes or so. I send me thirsty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. See you. Okay. Have a good afternoon. Oh, Alex and his partner must go through a lot of tea. They certainly must go through a lot of tea because we wouldn't condone cracking anything else to drink on this He's show. Exactly right. Yeah they'd be certainly off to the bathroom
0: after drinking all that tea. Just a couple of lemonades. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> We've got Julie now from Aberglassen, and she's got a question about a citrus tree. Julie, how can we help you?
2: Oh, hi, Scott. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. That's good. Yeah, I put some iron sulfate over my orange tree. Yes. Um, into the leaves. It wasn't in the heat of the day. It was in the afternoon. Yes. And now I've got brown spots on the fruit.
1: Ooh, that sounds uh, unusual. I, I thought that the iron sulfate actually might have, um, you know, uh, burnt the top of the plant. No, I thought
4: I didn't. that's what I
1: thought that's what you're going to ring me and mm-hmm. tell me that. Oh no, I've, I've burnt the top of my plant by using the iron sulfate.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I wonder why that. Uh, I wonder why that would be because look, iron sulfate is generally used to uh, for the by the plant uh, yeah. in the formation of chlorophyll. So if you've got a you know a slightly deficient plant. Uh, you know, you're getting yellowing leaves. You'd use some iron sulfate uh, to try and just boost that that greenness up. Generally, people yeah. use Epsom salts though, because it's more of an all-round thing in case there's magnesium deficiencies, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if it might just be two separate problems, uh, the manifesting them manifesting them, themselves. Because um, we had the other gentleman before, uh, Steve from Curry. He, uh, sorry, uh, no, we do. We had Alex from Eliebana, who was uh, oh. talking about the yellowing in his in his lemons as well. Uh, So, look, uh, I I would think that if you haven't had the burning of the leaves uh, and your plant's nice and green, I think you might have a separate problem there.
2: Okay, any idea what it
1: might be? Uh, Look, again...
2: They weren't there before.
1: Okay, so we we were talking Mm. to uh, Alex as well about uh, fruit fly, uh, so you can get fruit fly stinging, that will make the interior or the inside of the lemon brown.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, But, uh, look, yeah, just generally a a good feed might just uh, get them going again for you.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm sorry I couldn't help you too much there. Oh, that's okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye bye
0: now. Cheers. Thank you very much, Julie. Rarely stumped.
1: Well, rarely stumped, yeah. If if anyone's going to be stumped, it's going to be on a gardening show, isn't it? Exactly
0: right. The tree's gone, now we're stumped. (laughs) And Scott, we've got Melissa on the line now from dowie And she needs advice. She's got an unknown pest stripping her tomatoes, plum trees, and roses. That doesn't sound too good. Uh, How can we help you there, Melissa?
5: Oh, hi, Scott. Um, one one thing I noticed was that the plum tree was done pretty much all in one night mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a reasonably sized tree and uh, all the leaves were just stripped off it they're, they're all attacking roses that have um, just sort of new shoots, young tomato plants but th- they'll do um, just like one complete plant, not a little bit at a time. They sort of focus on one plant and and just go to town on that. I right. haven't seen what it is though.
1: And when when you're talking about stripping the plant, we're talking about uh, the fruit coming off the plant or the leaves. Uh,
5: the leaves. The
1: leaves. Okay. Yeah. Look,
5: every single leaf.
1: Yeah. Look, I most certainly would think it's going to be a grasshopper of you know or a swarm of grasshoppers. <laughs> Uh, moving in and doing that now the thing with grasshoppers is they're really quite canny if they see you coming towards them they they actually go in under the leaves they sort of go away and hide and they're the sort of thing that move on very quickly they will come in they'll just chomp away at everything and then they'll move on to the next plant and they do move in swarms so that's I think why you're finding them coming in and uh, stripping out each um, plant you know in succession Uh, Look, as far as controlling them, very difficult because they do move around so quickly. You actually have to be there to uh, usually cut their heads off with a pair of scissors. Uh, But spraying them, uh, look, you can do it, but unfortunately, again, you have to actually contact the the grasshopper. You have to see it there and give it a squirt, and so it's very difficult. That's why they chase them around with helicopters, uh, you know, out in the the country when they're trying to spray for locusts and grasshoppers. Uh, Look, apart from that... uh, you know, something. I, I thought we were talking about fruit at first. I thought it might have been a, you know, a couple of, couple of possums, a family of possums coming and having a feed, uh, because they'll certainly do a lot of damage and very quickly. Uh, but look, my bet on this one would be grasshoppers coming in um, and doing that damage. Uh, you know, during the daytime as well, when you're not there, and uh, just stripping those plants bare for you. Yeah,
5: they seem to be targeting the, the smaller. Um plants for
1: sure. Yeah, and and I think because they're a little bit softer and tastier as well. I mean, you've talked about roses. They definitely love roses. Uh, they'll have a real crack at plum trees as well. They've got a really nice, soft, uh, juicy leaf for them. Uh, and look, I've seen them on tomatoes too, so uh, I, I think that might be the trifecta, and, and that's what we've got there. I think you might have the grasshoppers. Yeah,
5: I, I thought it might have been. It was strange I had a plum uh and two peaches next to each other, and the peach trees are completely untouched.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Well, they, and they have got a slightly different leaf to the plum as well. Uh, mm. Yeah, so, look, yeah, I, I'd put the bet on the old grasshopper. Uh, mm. uh, those uh, They get really big teeth, and they get quite big and fat over time because they eat so quickly.
2: I'll sit
5: out the back with a slingshot then. <laughs> okay, see how your aim is. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, thanks, Scott. Okay, thanks, Melissa. Bye-bye. Thanks Bye. Melissa, it's Gardening Talk back on 2 FM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp 49216216 We've got June from Morissette She's got a question about celery Hi June, what's wrong with your celery?
2: Uh, I haven't got it in yet oh. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to know When I can um, start growing it down here And also how to grow it I put some in last year And it grew beautifully But it was as hollow as can be <laughs>
1: Ah, okay. Look, look, celery will grow pretty much year-round here in Newcastle. It'll probably just slow up a little bit in the winter. Mm. Uh, look, they, they do like a good drink,
4: mm.
1: uh, and they do like, the, obviously, they're just a big green, um, sort of leafy uh, plant, so they like high nitrogen in their uh, fertiliser. So you can actually get one called Flourish Green and Growth, which is high in nitrogen. Or okay. The, or the alternative is, if you've got some poultry manure, uh, that mm-hmm. will work for you as well.
2: Okay, then. And um, do they like a, a lot of sun, or how much sun would they have to have,
1: Scott? Yeah, look, i will certainly grow it in the full sun. Uh, look, the only proviso to that, I usually say, is it gets very hot after 2 or 3 o'clock here. Mm, um, so yeah. if you can't get them somehow into some shade at that time, uh, you find a position for them then. Any plant's going yeah. to benefit by yeah. getting out of that hot afternoon sun.
2: Okay. Where I where I'm going to put it, but that's what made me ask you is because it um, gets the sun in the morning, yes. but then about or oh, this time of the year around about uh, two o'clock or something, uh, there's no hardly any sun there at all. So I just wondered that'd be all right. That better? should
1: that should be fine for okay. it. Yeah,
2: all right then. Okay. Okay. And thank make you sure they make that, sure ben. they're well watered, June. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Right Good then. luck with bye Thank like. you. Bye bye. Thanks, June. We have got Josh now from Bayery? No, no, I've never heard of Barremi. Apparently, it's just near Sandy Hollow. Okay. But anyway, he's got a question about planting in red granite.
1: Quick uh, geography lesson, for, lesson from Josh us. here. Where, where are we, Josh, near Sandy we're, Hollow?
4: Um, we're going past Denman on the Golden Highway mm. towards Marywall, And just before we get to Sandy Hollow, you turn left on the Bylong Valley Way. Ah, okay. Right. Now we know. You know where we're,
1: yeah. yeah. Look, i yeah. only travelled out that way once um, <laughs> when I was much, much younger. Um, but I do plan to go out to Mudgee again.
4: It's a, it's a good way to get to Mudgee. Yeah, you go down there and over Louie Road, and okay. you're there. Yeah, okay. I was down Mudgee last weekend.
1: Apparently, there's some nice vineyards out around Mudgee. I've heard of.
4: Oh, I've got one, uh, James Estate, if it's still called that. It's oh. Only a couple of days down the road, so you're pretty spoiled.
1: <laughs> look, I'm sure I'll look one or more of them up when I'm out there.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's more of a uh, comedy show today, isn't it? Oh, thanks. I went to a talk about the benefit of eating grapes the other night. It was called Raising Awareness.
1: Oh, yeah. very good. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's <laughs> almost too good for us. Sorry, yeah. Sorry you've raised a the part bit, now.
4: I'm up too long, guys. we about to put some plants in. Um, got 100 mil of topsoil, and then it's, it's a real solid red granite. Mm-hmm. If you hit it with water, it, it turns to diggable material slop. but um, I'm just wondering, to prep the the ground before I... Put the plants in what, What's the best
1: way To do that Mate what sort of plants Are you going to be putting in uh, Those Saints uh, got them around In
4: the pool Where they're dropping
1: leaves They're like a leafy shrub Just like a, a barrier Sort of thing oh, okay Okay uh, Look the, the best thing to do When you've got You know hard soil Like that in underneath Is to try and You know get your mattock out And try and break it up As much as possible Yes And uh, then I would Grab some manure Of some sort You've got anything out there That can help you with that
4: I'm actually Working at a place where we're, we're turning mulch and biosolids into a quite a good
1: potting mix. Right, excellent. Okay, so break up that ground as much as possible, and then get some of that uh, you know product that you've got there and mix it in. If it needs to sit, you know, for a week or two, let it do that, and then you can plant directly into that. Yeah, but or, look unfortunately there's nothing you know that beats a bit of elbow grease when you've got hard ground like that or clay as well we all you know clay's one of those things you can get these products that do work you get gypsum other liquid gypsum, clay breakers yeah. but uh, look there's nothing beats actually getting in there and breaking it up and and giving somewhere for the roots to spread down into and try and establish themselves
4: and, and give them plenty of room like dig the whole three times bigger than the pot that you're taking them out of. A- I think absolutely.
1: Oh, absolutely. Have you got a machine of some sort as well, or just going to be all by hand?
4: Oh, I'm a machine, Scott.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh, you, you, we need you to be a regular. You're too good. And you, and you just slid that one in there then. <laughs> that, was, that was that was gold. <laughs> oh,
4: but do you do you sell lemon balm down
1: at your shop there? Uh, no, we don't, I'm afraid. I oh, was
4: just joining up the two shows on the... The naturopath fellow was talking about the benefits of lemon balm, and I oh, thought okay, yeah. get me some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, great. Okay, mate. Thank you very much. I'll okay. talk to you next week. I'll have
1: another question. <laughs> and some more
0: jokes as well, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> Love the show. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers, Josh. Bye. Thanks. It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. You if you've got a question, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Ian from Redhead, and he needs advice about yellowing on his gardenia leaves.
1: Ian, what's going on out there?
6: Uh, well, Scott, um, uh, the, um, the gardenia, it's been lovely and healthy. I fed it with um, a good dose of epsom salts um, uh, uh, late last year. Yep. And oh, it really thrived on it, but the leaves are yellowing now.
1: Okay. I would say it probably needs another you know, feed of something and a good water. Um, gardenias are notoriously fickle when it comes to water They do like a good drink uh, Especially right. when they're putting on new growth uh, yeah. yeah, Because otherwise they do just yellow off uh, If they're putting on buds as well they, they really, really need a good drink then as well So I'd give the Epsom salts another another go Mate, have you got them All in right. pot, pots? or are in the ground out there
6: uh, it's, in a, it's in a big pot
1: Okay But, but look, it's
6: grown, it's really grown I pruned it very, very hard last year Yes and I thought, oh, well, it was pretty old, and I thought, oh, it'll probably uh, curl up its toes. No, no, they but don't. But it didn't. It, it th- particularly when I put the Epsom salts on, it thrived, and it's gone bit to about nearly a metre in diameter now. So it's, it's quite uh, quite large.
1: So you've, you've given it those Epsom salts. What's happened now is effectively it's used up all the fuel in the tank, and it's, it's running on fumes right uh you know the the warning lights on on the dash and and that's why you've given us a call so uh yeah I'd go and get if you've got some more Epsom salts out in the uh, shed i'd uh, certainly give it a dose of that uh You can get other liquid uh gardenia, you know specific gardenia food feeds from your uh uh from your local garden center so uh if you want to go and get some of that, you can do that as well. Gardenia is one of those plants that like to be fed fairly regularly, so if you are giving them a you know a good feed every three months or so. Uh, you usually sort of negate that problem that you found where it starts to run out of petrol.
6: All right. Well, now um, now I'll stick with the Epsom salt. Good, good. And uh, what do I give it, two or three good hand- handfuls? Uh,
1: look, uh, that's really difficult for me to say because... It- Usually we sell them as trace elements, and there's a specific mixture on the side of the packet to do that. Right, mate. I would just do what I would do what you did last time if it worked. If you didn't burn the plant away, um, you know probably too much is going to be more harmful than too little.
6: All right, now another question: When can I prune it?
1: Uh, you can prune gardenias almost all year round. The only right. proviso I put on that is that if you go and prune it in June, for instance, when it's getting colder, it just won't regrow as quickly as you found it regrew this time.
6: No, I think I'll, uh, I'll prune it shortly.
1: Yeah, and then you'll get some good growth. It'll be looking nice for you all through winter. Uh, yeah. And then once you get it around to August again, make sure you feed it then, uh, keep up the water, and you'll have a magnificent plant right through spring and summer.
6: Well, I haven't fed it with epsom salts that regularly, so I will start doing that. Yeah,
1: especially being in a pot. Uh, You know, again, they just use up all the uh, the fuel in the tank.
6: All right, Scott. Well, thanks very much for that good advice.
0: Okay, good on you. Thanks for that, Ian.
6: Bye now. Bye.
0: It's Gardening Talk back on to when you are at FM 103.7, and we've got Russell from Maitland. Now, Scott, he needs some advice about moving a bollard tree.
1: Russell, tell us about the bollard tree, please.
0: Yeah, Boab, yeah.
1: Oh, Boab. 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 Oh, Boab. Oh, right. There we go.
3: Queensland Boab, yeah.
1: Yes, okay. I've
3: got got three of them, and uh, they're all about two metres high, and I've got to move them because there's more dirt going out over the top of them.
1: Yeah. Mate, that's fantastic you've been able to get them to grow down here. Hmm. Because I I always have thought that they would only grow up around the Kimberley.
3: Yeah, no, they're... um, they're were seedlings down in Victoria.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I
3: brought, brought them up from a mate of mine in Victoria and I planted here at um, Morpheus and, yeah, they're up and going well.
1: Now, look, the, the big trouble with transplanting something that's about two metres high is that you're going to disturb the root system of the plant.
3: Yeah. And, well, I'm going to take about a metre square all round.
1: Oh, fantastic. So you've got a machine of some sort coming in, have you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so look, yes, that, that's that's the best thing to do. Uh, get that machine in there. What's going to be the hardest thing to do, though, and this is where these you know tree transplanting machines are so wonderful, is that they actually get in underneath that and cut in under the the root ball and take out any major tap roots, nice and cleanly. So you have to be careful. Uh, dig your trench around, uh, you know, as, as, as deep as you're going to go. Uh, but then, as you try and lift that plant out, because you need machinery to do that as well. Uh, trying to get in and cut any taproot in underneath is going to be the big thing. Uh, so if you, you know, if it is getting held up um, as you're lifting it, try and tip it to one side if you can. Uh, well, look, I know it's going to be very difficult, and try and actually cut through that with a chainsaw or a. Uh, I know you're going to wreck up your blade, or a, you know, a sharp pruning saw. Any roots that you can to try and disturb the root system as, as little as possible. Uh, look, of course, the plant's going to be very stressed then. Uh, You're probably doing it at the right time of year when we're going out of the heat of summer. Uh, So if you can wait even a month or so before you have to do it, that'd be great. And then, of course, just make sure that the plant's being very, very well watered. Uh, You can get other products uh, which uh, reduce stress. The stress, it's called Stress Guard. Stress Guard, yeah. And that actually sprays over the leaves of the plant. Uh, Look, I was going to say... Uh, You might want to prune it uh, lightly back as well, but I I think you might lose the shape of the BOAB if you go and do that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So just see what happens there. It might be that some leaves fall off and that you just have to, you know, clean it up later on when you see if there's any dieback or not. No worries. Okay, but the main thing is to get as much soil as possible and don't disturb or drag that, uh, that root system out of the ground. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, very good luck with it, mate. We would actually love to hear back from you um, later on in the year if you've been successful or not, because uh, look, unusual to have the, uh, the BOAB around here in Newcastle and uh, uh, to try and transplant it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how you go. So give us a call back.
0: I, I will do for sure. Thank, okay. thank you very much. Good luck with it, Russell. Appreciate it. Bye. Just, Bye. Thanks, Russell. We've got Barry now from Womberle. Womberle, yes. And he's got a question about transplanting grass trees. Yeah, well, another difficult one. Larry, how can we help you, mate?
7: Oh, thanks for taking my call. I was just interested to hear the other fellow talking about up trees, but I have uh, three grass trees that I'm wishing to transplant, and I've read and heard where they are particularly difficult to do. So, is they, that
1: correct? They are very, very touchy plants to to dig, and that's why they are so expensive uh, when you go and buy them in, in your garden centre. Uh, effectively, what happens is that uh, you know growers have a license to go out into the into the parks. And, and dig the uh, the grass trees out of the ground, uh, they try and take of course as much soil as they can with them too uh, then they take them back to their nursery and they pot them up into their the special soil that they've got, that sort of really heavy clay soil that they seem to grow very well in, yeah, and right. then they leave them to sit for about nine to twelve months because it right. actually takes that long for the plant to die if it's going to die uh, because right. they don't want to sell uh you know. Other people, uh, a yeah. plant that might be going to die, so they 'll actually let it sit for quite a considerable period of time to see what 's going to happen with it, uh, yeah. so for you, how are yours
7: I uh, just had a look at them. They range from a meter to a meter and a half as sort of the main main start uh, part of a trunk, yeah, and we, we bought these years ago with their little registered numbers and so forth, mm-hmm. the little fellas and now they 're that big, but they 're kind of pushing over a retaining wall that I have around
0: them uh. I'm trying to move them
7: and um I did it ready to cut them right back and actually transplanted them and then set them on fire. They might
1: survive. <laughs> it sounds a bit extreme. Yeah, so look, you can only try, you know, take as much soil as, as you can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, you know, grass trees are just heavy anyway yes, um, right. to lift yeah. up from the trunk. So, uh, you know, you, you're sort of going to be pushing it in, in that regard. Uh, yeah. And then get it into, into the new position you want it. Make sure you've got it, don't fertilise it at all. Uh, yep. just just start watering it as normal and yep. uh fingers crossed uh, mark the date in the calendar and see what happens in twelve months yeah
7: do they do they have a like a long big tap
1: root no they they don 't really have a big long tap root it 's sort of like almost a fibrousy root system in under yep. there yeah, yeah right. um, so okay. that 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 's sort of working in your favor as well yeah uh, yeah but uh it, it is that that time factor that 's going to to play into your hands yeah all
7: right this is like, the retaining wall is that or the or the yeah, you, you can't sort of <laughs>
1: just move the retaining wall out another metre or something like that? And,
7: oh, I could. I yeah. could, but they, they sort of grew bigger than I expected them to and they're up against the wall of the garage as well.
1: So. Uh okay. So, yeah. okay. You can't move the garage either? I'm in there. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I'd i love to. There's too much stuff in it. <laughs> but thank you for that. At least it concerns my thoughts that they are difficult to move and you've got to be
1: very careful. Very, very touchy, yep. Yeah.
7: Thank you very much. Okay,
0: sir. thanks Larry. See, thanks. see you later. bye Cheers, thanks, Larry I think we've got time for one more call, Scott. Oh, it's always one in. Last one. Gardening Talkback. Who are we speaking with?
5: Hello. Hello. How
0: can we help you, Gardening Talkback?
5: Um, it's my name's Marilyn. I'm just ringing up to see how hard or how easy it is to grow choice sum.
1: Oh, choice sum's quite easy to grow.
5: And are they readily, the plants readily available?
1: Yes, absolutely. You can either buy them in a seedling punnet or you can buy them uh, as seed as well if you want to. Oh,
5: no, seedling. I've yeah. got a rabbit who eats seeds
1: of it. <laughs> no, and no, look, that, you... that, that's very easy to grow, Choice Sum.
5: And can I grow them in pots or do they have to grow in ground?
1: No, no, you should be able to grow those in pots as well.
5: Any special uh, look, just conditions get a yeah,
1: get a decent potting mix. Uh, they're you know, they're, you, you know, when you buy them in the shops, they're quite a fleshy uh, sort of moist plant, so they do require yep. you know a fair bit of water. Uh, but you'll certainly they'll grow for you. Uh, look, get them out of the uh, afternoon sun, and you'll be fine. Okay, and you have them at your place? Uh, I believe they do have them there. Yes. Okay, wonderful.
5: But thank you a, very give, much. Give
1: a telephone call before you go in there.
5: Okay. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Thanks for that,
1: Marilyn. Cheers.
0: Bye. Cheers, Scott Sharp. Out of time for gardening talk. Back we, again. We are. We are almost out of time, but we might have enough time to squeeze in naked ladies. Have I te- have earlier. I teased you out for almost an hour? Have almost I? an hour, just all this talk of naked ladies. I know. I can be a tease like that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we obviously are, are talking about the plant. Yes,
1: we are talking about a plant. Um, we need to keep it um, you know, above the waistline exactly. here. Exactly, G-rated. G-rated and all that sort of stuff. So, look, I am talking about the plant. They're out at the moment. They do look absolutely spectacular. The reason they're called Naked Ladies is because the bulb just shoots. You get the stem, and then you get this beautiful flower on the end of it. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, you've painted an image there. I certainly have, yeah. uh, and look, you get uh, white ones, uh, pink ones, most of the ones you see around uh, are pink. Yep, uh, they're very, very tough plant. They come from South Africa, so uh, they're very easy to look after. People often have them planted, and then they just this beautiful flower springs up, and they're oh, that's right, we had the the naked lady um, in there, and then you get the leaves coming up afterwards. All right. Yeah. So a very, very nice and easy to look after plant. You have to buy it as a bulb, uh, even though they're out at the moment. You would have had to uh, had them in uh, a little bit earlier than this. Okay. Yeah. So you can still get them now, or? I don't think you'd be able to get them now. Uh, bulbs are funny things. Though. You always have to buy them sort of the season, so about three to four months uh, before they actually come out and flower. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Scotch Gotcha. Up. We're out of
0: time. Okay. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. We will be back next week. Um, apparently so.